This is me, Anya. I'm thinking I'm going to go back to my name, original name, Anna. What do you think? I don't know, like this thought is bouncing off my head lately. Anyway, I'm not sure why I'm talking about this now. You may hear Adam uh, in the background. Uh, Sorry for that. This is recording podcast in the pandemic time. Anyway, um, today, what a treat. Kate Donovan, she's an expert on burnout. She's the owner of a, a coaching company service, um, uh, helping people with the burnout, coaching them through the burnout and uh, healing from burnout. Um, love the subject, went through burnout. So I'm so excited to bring her on. She also holds a master de- master's degree in um, Chinese medicine. She's an acup- acupuncturist, help many, many, many people get pregnant and get better through acupuncture. Very, very interesting uh, person. And special treat, she spent, um, I think, six years in Poland. Uh, so uh, it was great to meet her and learn um, learn about her experience uh, in Poland, which you are going to hear about a little bit more in this uh, episode, and obviously uh, learn more about um, the important research and work she's doing um, about burnout. So I hope you enjoy it and uh, get inspired, learn something, grow, heal as usual. Enjoy my conversation with Kate. And then the beginning and the intro, but I'm so excited to have you first because I think a lot about burnout because I um, experience it and you are an expert on it. And second thing, I think it's even more excited is that you have connection to my homeland, Polish, yes. which is so, so excited. I always try to bring some of my Polish friends here, but no, nobody wants to come in on my podcast. I don't know why. So. How come? I know, I don't know. <laughs> Zapytaj ich dlaczego. Oh, right? Powinniśmy rozmawiać po polsku. No, bo nawet. <laughs> My audience would be a little smaller. <laughs> a little confused. <laughs> a little confused too. Welcome, Kate Donovan, again, expert or burned out. I'm so excited to have you. But before we're going to jump to your um, favorite subject and the subject you are an expert on, uh, I want to ask you a question that I'm asking everybody who comes in here because I feel like it's like an icebreaker and we just jump in very deep, which is childhood experience. Childhood experience that you think it's a formative for you. It's uh, it's something that, you know, maybe stuck with you until today and inform what you're doing uh, today. Maybe it, maybe something positive or maybe something negative. Just share with us some, some childhood experience that really uh, kind of is important to you. Yeah, the thing that popped into my mind first is um, when I was six, my father decided to go to rehab. He was a drug addict and alcoholic at the time. Oh, wow. Well, he's still an addict and, you know, but he's no longer drinking or using. We are always an addict when we are. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, once an addict, always an addict. So he went in for rehab when I was six years old. 
And he was only gone for two weeks at that time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find out that he was only gone for two weeks until about two years ago. My whole life, I thought he was gone for like six months. No. Yeah. Where was he? He was literally like two hours down the road for two weeks, and then he was home. How But did his you... absence felt like an eternity to me. Okay, so he was actually two weeks, but it felt like eternity for a six-year-old. Yeah. And you connected this dot recently that it was actually yeah. two weeks and it felt... <gasps> yeah, I said, how... I asked my mother, I said, well, how long did... When dad went into rehab, I feel like he was gone for a few months. And I remember being really upset about it. She went, a few months? Katie, it was 14 days. <gasps> and I was like, what? Oh, my God. You see... Shocking. It shocked me. And of course, I know that I don't I don't have a great um, memory from before that time. I don't really have any memories from before I was six or seven, which is really uncommon for kids, but common in, in trauma situations. Right. So that I don't know if it was that that eliminated all the the sort of memories beforehand or not, but it did create a lot of, you know, he was gone for so long. And then when he came back, My response to him returning was, he's worked so hard now to make himself better, the rest of us. And he's used up, this is what I thought as a six-year-old, this is how my mind interpreted it. You know, every every family only gets a certain amount of mistakes to use, and he's used them all. So I can't make any mistakes. Aww, I have to be perfect. Be perfect. I have to be perfect because he already used our mistakes mm-hmm. that are allotted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was Catholic at the time, so by you know, by some like you know, a big Field man trip. sitting in the clouds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's why I'm asking those questions because there's just such incredible um, things that childhood holds for us. And my therapist used to say, and I said it before here, we grow up to heal our inner child. And I strongly yeah. believe that we all have to go back for a second and untangle some things. But this is thanks for sharing it. I got chills so many times, I cannot even tell you. <laughs> I feel like you are like my sister from another mister. Seriously, when I saw <laughs> your picture, I was like, first, I want to go to your event, like right away, like I booked it, I want to go. And I just felt like immediate connection. And like, when I read about you, I love that. preparing for conversation with you, and it's just like incredible. I feel like we shared so many things. So just one more thing about it. Mm-hmm. So when you find out now as an adult, that it wasn't two weeks and um and it, it wasn't two mu- uh, two six months it was two weeks like how what was what was the feeling like what was the what what, would, what happened like what it did to you yeah so the thing that it did for me was to allow me to realize the true depth of my emotions of during that time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so that it, it wasn't was, that big as you thought it was, because as a child, everything is so gigantic. Right. And that, but that my emotional response to it was that big. And it doesn't need to be that he was gone for six months in order to justify the depth of my emotional response to that event. Yes. I'm allowed to have that depth of emotional response, even though the event was much shorter than I imagined. So I gave myself permission to almost maintain the same emotional reaction to it. Of course, I'm always healing something, but to not dismiss or demonize the way I felt about it all those years and just to Mm. say, wow, I fit six months worth of emotion into two weeks. Like, no wonder there's so much to 
to uncover so much to work through like that that's you know that and that's okay so it kind of as I mean it might sound a little bit backwards but it it uh, gave me freedom to feel more deeply yeah yeah oh my god such a beautiful story thank you for your uh for vulnerability and sharing it with us that's really beautiful just <laughs> part of life you know right oh, if I've learned anything everybody's <laughs> got a story oh we all do and sometimes you know I think also about this childhood that you may have a perfect uh, childhood and, and great parents and love and but as a kid you take everything so intensely that you are going to tangle somewhere or did tangle and you just need to go back and revisit and, and tangle and put puzzles together again yeah so um, I'm all about it. Chills again. Oh my God, so many chills, Kate. <laughs> Let's get into it. Burn out. Oh my God, I just love what you're doing. I think it's so incredibly important, especially in corporate America, when we don't talk about it, when it's a shame to feel certain way to, you know, not feel the drive to, you know, we always have to smile and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here, etc. And we do experience burnout and we have to talk about it. So I know you're writing a book, which we are going to also talk about. And I know that uh, in the book, you're going to tell us all about seven signs of burnout. And we don't want to, you know, sell your uh, secrets. No, no, that book was already written. Oh, this one is already written? That book is already written. Yeah, yeah. That's been out since September 2020. It's called The Bounce Back Ability Factor. I know, but I thought like... at the event, you said that you are writing the book. I am writing another book. Oh, got it. So now about boundaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so even this better. Is book number one and book number two. Okay, so we will have to have another episode about boundaries. <laughs> Back to the burnout. So, from the seven sign, let's talk about like how you detect the burnout. And I would love to hear, you know, obviously you are writing about it because you experience it and you didn't experience it once, you experienced it twice and you experienced it uh, while doing something that was your calling, that was your love. Like you had a great situation in life and a husband and job, tell us all about it. So the signs of burnout and how you experience it. I would love to hear all of that. So for my personal burnout story, I was gaining weight. I had a hypothyroid diagnosis. I was really tired. I was really angry. I was Mm -hmm. really angry. A lot of anger built up at that time. But when you look at the, the research on burnout, the signs and symptoms are clear. The first one is mental and emotional exhaustion, physical and emotional exhaustion, excuse me. The yeah. second one is cynicism and detachment. So being a negative Nancy is what my grandmother would say, just being <laughs> negative and being disconnected from people. And the third one is feeling like your work has no value, no impact no matter what you're doing. So when I burnt out the first time, I was in Warsaw, I was living in Warsaw, and I was treating people for fertility, and I was helping people have babies every day. Like during right. my six years there, I, I, pro- I helped hundreds of couples get pregnant. As hundreds. an acupuncturist, right? As an acupuncturist. Yeah. And so that, there's, that's pretty impactful work. And I did Say not- Say the least. Right, I did not care. Which is, it sounds awful to say today, but mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was like, oh, good, you're pregnant. That means there's space for another patient because they've been waiting. Like, great. Mm-hmm. You're done. You're done. Bye. It was, mm-hmm. it was awful. It was awful. So there are those, those typical signs that sort of define burnout. 
Right. But everybody will experience it a little bit differently. And your experience of it will be dependent on your childhood experiences and how you responded to them, the coping mechanisms you created during childhood and how well you're using them as an adult. Avoidance. And, yeah, right. <laughs> Numbing. Exactly. Exactly. So that will, it will depend on that. And it will also depend on two different aspects of your physical health. And the first one is um, any sort of external trauma that has happened. So if you were in a car accident at age 12 and had whiplash, when you have burnout, you'll likely have neck pain. Mm, because it'll come so up in the places, right? So if you traveled to a foreign country when you were, you know, 15 with your family and you got a bug, you know, and you ended up with diarrhea for a week, you might end up having digestive issues as part of your burnout story. So so some lack of integrity in your physical symptom that's been it, some weakness that happened because of a previous event can show up as a sign of burnout. And then the other part of the physical symptoms will be some sort of constitutional weakness. So, you know, like uh, this, this will be like sort of genetic things. You know, if, if, the, if your mother had migraines and her grandmother had migraines and her grandmother had migraines and her grandmother had migraines, you'll likely have migraines as part of your burnout story, right? So are there's- Are you talking to me? Are yes. Talking to me? <laughs> you are talking to me. Oh my God, that is fascinating. Right. So it would be different for, for every single person. Uh, so for me, I, I did have headaches. I, I have a tendency toward headache. I did have headaches. I was gaining weight and my mother was always very focused on what she was eating. She's always dieting my, most of my life, you know, and I was always thin. So it was kind of okay. And then I started gaining weight and that was really troublesome for me. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of body image issues with, with that coming up. Then my thyroid broke down. So that was, I think, more related to like my inability to speak out about my needs and, think, and things like that. So there's all these different things that can happen, right? But at the time, so I was living in Warsaw. My best friend is this amazing business coach. And also she reads Akashic Records. Her name is Eva Boaszczak. Oh my God, I just had an Akashic Record reader here. It's so really? Funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And she's amazing. And she was- Eva Boaszczak? Eva Boaszczak. Boaszczak. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> a <Love> not why <laughs> and so she was she had gone through nlp training life coaching training she was working as a life coach working as a business coach what is and, nlp i'm sorry oh neuro-linguistic programming so it's choosing particular words and language to uh, more profoundly and positively influence your view of your life it's being really careful and choosy about the words that you use Got in it. your everyday language um, in order to take advantage of that, to use words as a tool. Okay. So she did all of these things. And so I was her apprentice for almost a decade. So while I was burning out, I had learned all these life coaching skills. I was an acupuncturist already, which meant I was a stress management expert because every acupuncturist, all we learn in Chinese medicine school is how different stressors affect the body. So it's you know, kind of built in when you graduate that you're a stress management expert. Yeah. So I'm a life coach. I'm a stress management expert and I hate the world. What's going wrong here? And I kept pointing it in at myself Perfect. and I couldn't, I'm the I person. couldn't fix it. So then I blamed your country. It was Poland's <gasps> fault. No, yeah. Kate. Yes. Oh Absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not possible. Right. So then I blamed so where, where I am, right? Like where I am, that's the cause. Yeah, well, not, not even just where I am. Literally the way that Poland functions was really difficult for me. So it's very specific. 
Yeah, there's, you know, the, there's a, a particular verb in Polish that doesn't, it, it doesn't really exist in, in English and it's kombinować, right? And this yeah. means like to finagle. It means to, to figure things out by the back roads. And there's this idea that if you twist somebody enough, you'll get what you want. Yeah. And so there's a lot of push. People push a lot to get what they want. And I thought that I was assertive. Yeah. And I thought that I had good boundaries. And I learned in Poland that I didn't. That I had too many people-pleasing tendencies to hold up good boundaries to the amount that Polish people push to get what they want. Yeah. So I had a three month waiting list and I would have people call me every day and say oh what you can't come in early you can't stay during lunch you can't stay late why don't you work an extra day if you're so busy why don't you figure out how to you need to see me now I'll pay you and I was like no no I can't I don't there's only so many hours in a day I can't see you during lunch I need to eat I have 15 patients that day I, I have to yeah. I need sustenance but Polish people will dig in and dig in and dig in and dig in and dig in because it works yeah in poland I, right i so do have that uh you yeah. know but i dig in in the right places i dig in like not into people i dig it into things <laughs> right so but, but we it's do, not we do a bad thing necessarily yeah. right it's okay yeah. if you're accustomed to that system and that's how the system works and everybody uses the system the same way yeah then it's not necessarily a bad thing but i couldn't adjust to it yeah Right. So then when I started reading about we had moved to Prague, we, I told my husband, I need to get out of here. I can't yeah. I can't stay here anymore. It's too intense here. I've got to get out. Mm -hmm. And we left Poland. We went to Prague, which is much more laid back. Mm -hmm. Like to, Poles care about everything. Czechs care about beer. <laughs> This is like, it's very, very relaxed in Prague, almost to the point where it's, it's too, too relaxed. relaxed. <laughs> yeah, like you want people to care about something and they just don't, you know, they're just like, whatever, live your life. We're not interested in you. Doesn't, we don't care what you're doing. I would walk into work in Poland if I didn't have makeup on and my patients would be like, oh, you look tired today. Why, why don't you put some makeup on? And I was like That's horrified, so right? I, so but I couldn't handle that. It was really hard. In the Czech Republic, people didn't even, there was nothing. Yeah, like just yeah, yeah. No, nothing. It just didn't exist. So very close countries to one another, very close languages, totally different experience. And so when I was reading about burnout, it said, you know, 80% of burnout is due to the organizational structure within which you work. And I was yeah. thinking, but I've been my own boss this whole time. Yeah, so, so am I, I doing it to myself? <laughs> right, right. So it was a combination of things for mm -hmm. me. It was a combination of being in Poland is not great for me. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. do well with the energy there. I have quite a few people there that I love dearly. My husband is from there. I have family yeah. there. My best friend is from there. And there's a lot of, a lot of things in the country that I really adore. Yeah. And it doesn't suit me. Mm -hmm. So it was like planting me in the wrong garden and expecting me to grow. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be replanted. So I, that was part of it. And the rest of it was, I didn't have great boundaries because I would rather people please. Yeah. Right. I didn't have a good enough self-worth. So not only did I need to please people, but I needed to please them to the extent that they would reaffirm my value, the value of my existence. Mm -hmm. If I felt like if, if enough people were grateful enough for the work that I was doing, then I would finally prove that I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. During this same time, I was paying back my American student loans mm -hmm. and they were a thousand dollars a month. I borrowed a hundred thousand dollars to get my acupuncture degree. 
A thousand dollars a month in Poland is a monthly income. And right. I was paying that on top of, so I was right. working really hard because yeah. I needed to make enough money to pay this bill and still be able to, you know, contribute to the household and buy groceries and, and do other yeah. things. Right. So it was, it was just a big mashup mm-hmm. of all the things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is, I feel like there's such an important lesson besides that, that it is usually, you know, combination of factors is that you can burn out of thing on things that you love to do, yeah. you know? And we yeah. think, you know, I literally had a few months ago, a conversation with a friend and, and I was like, you know, I need to take a break from what I'm doing. I love to do it, but I need to take a break because of that, you know, because yeah. I work so much and, um, he said to me, oh, when you love what you do, you don't need a break from it. And I was oh, like, believe up. me, you do. You do. Believe, you do. You, it's like, you know, it's like with marriage, like with, I always say, it's like with eating oranges, you love eating oranges, right? And they are so beautiful and they taste so good. But if you eat oranges for breakfast, dinner and lunch and breakfast, dinner and lunch and again, 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 you're going to freaking start hating those oranges and they actually going to be toxic to your body. Yes. Agreed. Oh my God, I got such a chill. Um, so that's a great, I think it's a, such a great takeaway um, that I'm just thinking a lot because we think that, oh, you get a burnout if you work too much or you don't hate your job or it's not yeah, aligned yeah. with your value, values. And uh, the important thing you are saying and bringing up is that that's not always the case, that we not can burn out case. on the most beautiful thing we are doing. And uh, we lose sight of its beauty. Yes. Because we eat it and what a waste for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Exactly. We eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then it becomes unbeautiful. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then and something awful. that we love, we start to hate. Yeah, yeah. And so I see this you... a lot with, with my clients. Uh-huh, yeah. I believe so. Like, especially entrepreneurs, you know, the, that you are specializing working with and coaching is that we work... I don't see it as a work. It's so much play and I love it so much, but I still am aware that I am taking a break. I am taking a weekend and I am, you know, even if I really want to do it now and I want to just like, I will push this and I, because I enjoy it. I was like, nope, a little break. We have to, you know, manage the energy and everything else. And I have to, yeah. So what did you do? Okay. Like after you moved to Prague and you, did you connect the dots? Okay. I, it was a bird. Like, what is that, that moment? Cause that so, fascinates me too. Like how you connect. I didn't and, like, know. Get your, yeah. to the past. I didn't know that it was burnout at first. And then I, I got to Prague and I relaxed for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was working 25 hours a week. I was making enough. I was um, going back to Poland a couple of times a year to see a particular client and her, a particular patient and her family. And so I would treat them for 10 days straight and I would get, you know, a, a really mm-hmm. significant amount of money from that. So it kind of balanced out that I only had to work about 25 hours a week, uh, 20 to 25 hours a week with patients. So I had really plenty of time. And I spent the first two years really just sort of enjoying it and, and relaxing into it. And about two years in, I realized that I was so tired still that there was a four minute walk from the tram stop to my apartment mm-hmm. and it was uphill. And I had to stop halfway up the hill after a six hour shift because I was so tired that I couldn't continue. So this physical, physical, physical just exhaustion, just a deep, deep, deep exhaustion. And that I was sitting halfway up the hill on a somebody's stoop, you know, outside somebody's apartment building that I don't know 
thinking to myself, oh my God, I have to go home and walk my dog. I don't know how I'm going to do it physically. I've been an athlete my whole life. I couldn't walk up a hill, one Mm -hmm. hill, four minutes. You know, we're not, this is not a a major distance. And it was quite the hill, but still it was four minutes. And, And so around that time I found an article on burnout. And as I was reading it, I just kept getting full body recognition. Like my whole body was like, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. And so at the time, my husband was doing a postgraduate degree at Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And so I had access to university libraries. So I, I logged in with his account and I downloaded every piece of research that's ever been done on burnout. Mm-hmm. And I took about a year to read through it all. Mm-hmm. I just read about it and read about it and read about it and read about it. And then once I, I was about halfway through and I started saying, okay, I understand this enough to separate myself from it and become the observer. I, yeah. So I can, I can separate myself here a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. I know that I need a few things. So I went, to, I started therapy. I started working with a coach at the same time. Mm-hmm. I also started functional medicine. I staggered these things. I didn't start these all on like, you know, yeah. Monday, April 12th. You know, they, I <laughs> yeah, staggered these the things. Thing, yeah. I staggered them, but I started doing all these different things. And I needed all, all of those pieces in order mm-hmm. to start healing. And then once I was feeling pretty normal again, I started to dig through the rest of the, the holes that I found in the research. So when I read that 80% of burnout is organizational, I was like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Right, because you were your for own me. boss, right? You yeah. created your organization and it's still- coming. And I, was, I worked for myself by myself. I didn't even have an employee. Like there was no, there was, you know, and, and my, yeah. my um, acupuncture office in Warsaw was um, by yeah, Metro Vilanovska. Oh, <laughs> and it was in a uh, a complex of apartments, a sort of upscale apartment complex. Yeah, I know that that, that only had three or four levels to it. Um, and I had this ninety square meter. This is so it's like about nine hundred square feet apartment that had two bedrooms, so two places to work, and this big living room and big kitchen with a fireplace. I had a couch, like it was this lovely setup, right? (laughs) It was this like gorgeous, this gorgeous thing. And so the, and it still, you know, sort of took me to that place. So I was thinking, you know, if, if I can't blame a company or a hospital or an organization, then how many pieces of this belong to me and I had spent so much time trying to like fix myself that I didn't I I, I was kind of like you know all of this typical stuff that you hear is not applicable and why and so Mm -hmm. I started to dig into like why doesn't this stuff work what else can I do to help myself what is missing here because when I was in Poland and you know you get into line at the grocery store and if you don't watch your back three people will step right in front of you and pretend like you're not there like they just don't care so old women, you know, it doesn't matter. Like there's just no scruples. You yeah. have to, you, you have to be on guard all the time. Listen, we have a, we had a tough history. Yes. I, a I lot get of it. Healing to do that. You know, I get just, it. You had to be, I just wasn't prepared. <laughs> yeah. I just wasn't prepared for I'm it. Just, you know, I'm just protecting yeah. my people. 
<laughs> I, I understand where it comes from, but yeah. you know, you Still, have yeah, to no, be. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Talk you to have me. To be I'm in the United States for over 10 years now because yeah. it wasn't a good fit for me, I think. And I yeah. love it dearly. Of course, I do too. Yeah. I do too. But it was, yeah. you have to yeah. be on guard all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of digging through more. You know, what I, I've done, I used to, so I used to go to the grocery store. This is where this was going before we, I got off track. I used to go to the grocery store and practice meta. So meta is loving kindness meditation. Yeah. And I, I kind of took on the responsibility of if I can just be loving enough, I can like change this whole grocery store. You know, I can change this whole city. I can change this whole country. Like I, so instead of really focusing on my small bits, I was trying to change myself to influence other people instead of trying to heal myself to influence myself. Yeah, to not react to those situations, like boundaries, which you are writing about now. Right. right. Have a boundary so that doesn't affect you I well I don't believe in that to be honest because energy travels and there's only so much you can do like I love you know people build like the energy balloons around them and things like that and I think that that's good on a mental level but energetically energy is going to pass between the two of us whether I put up a bubble or not like that's how energy moves so there's only so much you can do to protect yourself which is why people have to move from certain places it's why I I I can't live in Poland it's I I don't I I don't resonate with that energy well, no matter. So I can't protect myself enough. So I think I I'm careful about saying that because I think people think that if they, if they can like close themselves off from the world enough, they can be safe. But no, sometimes you need to, if, if the situation is toxic for you, whether or not that doesn't mean Poland is toxic. Yeah. That means the situation was toxic for my body and I need to be removed from that. So if you're in a company that's toxic, you can't protect yourself energetically from that forever. Like it's going to get in and you need to remove yourself. So I think it's really important to say that because we don't have as much control as the people who teach law of attraction and and manifestation and things would like us to believe there's All of us are doing this, you know? Yeah, and I love the point you are bringing because sometimes we think like, okay, it's our fault. Other people can do it. Why I cannot do it? Right, right. And it is a normal thing that there's 7 billion people in this world. We are not all made for each other. All the things are not made for each other. And the, the, you know, the goal is not to be somewhere and fix yourself to fit there. It's the find a place that it's fit for you because that's like that's how we become a you know this puzzle of humanity you know and it's nothing wrong with saying okay this is not for me I need to find something different this is actually self-care self-love and and the right right path to take right and we we think like oh my god there's something wrong with me if I don't fit here which happened to me right like I was constantly thinking like oh my god there's something wrong with me because everybody can do it so well and I'm just struggling or yes it just wasn't for me, you know? Right. Exactly. exactly. And it doesn't say anything bad about that environment. No. It doesn't say anything bad about me, right? It's just right. not a good fit. It's like puzzles that do not fit, right? Yeah. Is, it, is this and this puzzle wrong? No. It's just, yeah. they are not a match. <laughs> There's a reason we don't put chocolate sauce in soup. Right. Yes. <laughs> Some things just yeah, don't so go that, together. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, sorry, I'm tending to interrupt, so but sorry. you're making such a great point that I want to highlight them. So this was a, a big part of what I was going through at the time. I, you know, I needed to fix myself. I needed to fix myself. So I started digging through, okay, so what's really happening physically? 
mm-hmm. because I, I'm a science nerd, so I want to know really what, what's going on. And then I started to find research that shows that when you're burnt out, you start to lose brain cells. When you're under chronic stress for a long enough period of time, you're losing brain cells in one area of your brain that's responsible for regulating your emotions, your ability to be empathic, your ability to connect with other people, your ability to have motivation, your ability to have will. Chronic stress diminishes all of these things. Mm. And so that's the just behind your forehead. That area of your brain starts to shrink. Then the part of your brain that in, that lets you body know whether or not you're in threat, so whether you need to be on guard or whether you can relax, that part of your brain gets bigger. So it's more reactive. So it's paying attention to more threats and it's letting you know that you're in threat all the time and you have nothing to filter it through because the front of your brain that would normally interpret these threats and say, hey, by the way, listen, that's not actually happening. Don't worry about it, mm-hmm. is no longer functioning. And then you so go then, out all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started thinking about, okay, well, if that's what's happening on a neuroscience level, what are the things that I can do that will help my brain to readjust, to help my nervous system to reset? Right. And that's when I started getting into different the different breathing techniques and why they function and yoga nidra and why that matters. And, you know, so taking some of the self-care tools that are typically offered and sort of breaking them down into smaller, more digestible pieces, because when you're burnt out and your brain is telling you that the world is on fire all the time, you can't meditate for a half an hour. That's not an option. We've got to take that off the table. I need you to sit down and breathe for like 60 seconds. Like, let's start there. So I started breaking things down into smaller components that will actually start to move the dial over time without triggering your internal alarm system, Mm -hmm. which will keep the cycle going. So a lot of things that we do when we say, like, start yoga, but if you're really burnt out before you start yoga, being in that room and spending time in your body might just totally send your system offline. So, mm-hmm. it, and it's a lot to ask to go from super high stress all the time to an hour's worth of yoga and breathing. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Sometimes people can do it. I'm not saying I love mm-hmm. yoga and I think it's important. It's just something that is, it belongs better, fits better in the prevention category than it does in the recovery category. And these things need to be separated and I don't see enough people doing them. Almost all of the ideas behind dealing with burnout that I see online belong in the prevention category and people are talking about them as recovery and they just don't fit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, so fascinating. You also made a point that I want to highlight and now I forgot what was it. (laughs) But uh, no, Oh, the, the idea, and I think you mentioned it in your, um, in, uh, during your event about mindfulness. It's this idea that you just said about starting small. Yeah. You know, I talk to my friends sometimes and I just hear like, I just can't even sit for, like for literally five seconds. And it's like, that's what you need. This, is, this means that you need it the most. And this is, means that you just need to give yourself this five seconds and be okay right. with it. Because right. like I literally started with that now when I do like my 20 something minutes and it's not enough. I'm like, oh my God, I remember when I sat down and I had 30 seconds and I was like, after 15 seconds, I was just like, my body was moving. I was just like, <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Oh my God, 29, 20, you know, 30. And I was just like ready to go. It was just so freaking uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I love this 30 idea seconds. Of, 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and just starting small, right? Just like yeah. the, the 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 kind of uh, harnessing this body back uh, in a small step. I I really like that. Okay. So you really you know what? So you were healing yourself while you were doing the work, while you are doing the research too. So you kind of were testing things on yourself too, which is amazing, yes. right? Like firsthand yes. experience. Yeah. So what do you think if we can summary, because it's such a great story, but if we can summary like few elements that you really think are helpful, like, okay, we went through kind of moment, okay, it seems like I may have a burnout, right? I'm tired, I'm aggravated all the time, I'm demotivated, I'm a negative Nancy, like you said. We are at this moment. What do you think is, is you know, kind of three or four steps that um, we should take? And, and I know, I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, just like our fingerprints, the way we heal. Everybody's is, different. Everybody's different. And we really, you know, we can take a little bit from here, from here, from here, yeah. but we have to put it together for ourselves. And, you know, therapy, maybe not for one, but for the other, et cetera, et cetera. But what do you think are just like a main step a person could take and should take and explore maybe, or, or maybe it is meditation that we should, I believe that meditation can fix a lot of things, but what, it what can, are your if thoughts? you're, if your body does not feel in threat. Yeah. So, so, so this is five seconds meditations. Right, exactly. So I think the, the first thing is something that I call life pruning, which, mm -hmm. you know, when your rose bush is overgrowing, you have to cut some of it back in order for it to flourish. When your life is over blooming and getting crowded, you need to cut some things out that are not necessary for survival and are preventing you from blooming properly. Mm -hmm. So we go through and, and eliminate as many things as you can that are not required for your survival or the survival of your children. Mm -hmm. Just take things off your plate. You'd be amazed how many things can be actually taken off your plate if you decide that the only thing they need to be responsible for is a part of your survival. So I'm not saying quit your jobs tomorrow because you need money. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying stop cooking like you need to eat. <laughs> But if look you look into life and, and see where uh, you can take things off. Yeah. And it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just start taking things off. That's really important. The next thing, if you have the financial ability, mm -hmm. is to allow somebody else to hold space for your healing. Whether you choose a therapist, an acupuncturist, a coach, a Reiki master, a a massage therapist, a somatic therapist, of whatever. We could go on mm -hmm. for hours on how many different healing techniques exist in the world. It's not really important which technique you choose. It's really important that you like the technique mm -hmm. and that you feel safe with the practitioner of said technique. Because mm -hmm. there is something to allowing somebody else's energetic impulses to create an aura of safety for your body when you don't have the energy to create it for yourself. Mm -hmm. I like self-healing in a lot of ways, but I think for burnout, we need other people. Mm -hmm. So even if you are you know, really stretched financially, then there are things like peerhopes.org that do like monthly group coaching that's you know, $32 or something. Like there's ways to get help 
you that have are a more free affordable. coaching session, which we I do free. Highlight. Yeah, right. I do free amazing. coaching sessions. Um, I do. I'll do a free call, a, an initial free call for anybody. And anybody it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And then I also have and you speak office Polish hours too. and I speak <laughs> Polish for my Polish friends because I know yeah. they are listening. <laughs> yeah, I speak Polish, too. I don't work in Polish, though, because it's oh. too much transition. <laughs> it's too much work for my brain. Yeah. Um, so find this person that find a person that you feel safe with that can create space for you. That's within your financial means, because stretching yourself financially it's also ma stress. makes you feel threatened. Right. So that's really important. So. So the first step is take as many things off your plate as you can. The second step is get some support in some way, shape or form. Even if it means you're asking a friend to cook a batch meal once a week and send you half of it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you, you need to just get one meal a week out of your schedule. Even if the, somebody's going to give you chili once a week so that you don't have to cook one day, mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be, find, find some support. The next thing is learn to be in your body. You mm -hmm. cannot heal burnout with only talk therapy. You need, you need to spend time in your physical form. And most of us live from the neck up, mm -hmm. right? So this means take those 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes and breathe. Yeah, I don't need you to do any special breathing in the beginning. You don't need to count it. You don't need to put it anywhere. You don't need to focus on your belly or focus on your heart or fo just stop mm -hmm. and breathe. It's amazing in the beginning how difficult it is to get through more than, like you said, 30 seconds or a minute. So if all you can do is 30 seconds, that's great. Do it once a day. Give your body the chance to feel what it feels like to lessen that nervous system load a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that's enough. Actually, those three things perfect. is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it so much because those are like a, such a simple thing that I feel like each of us can implement, you know, and like you said, even finding somebody that uh, uh, that will help you in a healing way. It's it's just uh, so magical if you do. And there are so many ways, like you said, you know, therapy, Reiki, like I have uh, an amazing guy who is actually... Uh, on this podcast he's a masseuse and reiki specialist and and like literally this one massage it's nothing weird i feel like sometimes also people are scared of things they don't know uh i'm always curious so i'm just going to try anything <laughs> but um literally this this hour massage you know combined with energy work he does is just like i'm feeling a newborn each yeah. time i go there and it's yeah. and it's i believe it's a week's work of healing physical healing for yeah. me uh yeah. because it's not like the stresses of life go away you know like not. having kids having businesses having just interacting in the life, just open the news you know yeah. and, and the red lights can pop up like literally yesterday i almost have a had a you know meltdown the tension yeah. was so gigantic yeah. with everything that was happening in, with the yeah. with the trial um and and it, and it's just uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Thank you for uh, for that too. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so um, wait. Uh, so we talk about your burnout, and so yeah. now what are you doing now? Because I love 
the story of okay you found this new your new calling new niche you combine all your forces and talents and you also you are also a little bit of a magical person from what i understood you have a, a, a medium like abilities I which do, i love yeah. <laughs> i always you know gather people like this i feel like all my friends have they don't even know and i see this in them yeah but, i think um, most people have some some ability some people are more plugged into it more aware than others we all have. i think like, yeah i, I think everybody can do. yeah i, I yeah, I, yeah so i literally was talking to somebody that we all do we just use it or not or yeah. are scared of it or not and yeah I to be scared if it's such an amazing thing or even your intuition yeah uh but okay so you started the journey of healing you started the journey of digging into burnout and now we are here there is a book there's a second book coming there's a business like how did you combine it and and I know you had a coach and uh, Eva I'm sorry Boaschak Boaschak Oh, I got it. <laughs> I love that you are fixing my palace for the first time. Well, it's, a, it. it's two different last names because there is an, there's an Eva Boschik that's an actress and people mess up Eva's name with hers that's a lot. Because, thought, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just, so, just want to condone you for saying Boschik, Boschik, uh, that clearly, Boschik, oh. sorry. That's <laughs> well. really achievement, uh, I feel like, for any non-Polish speaking person. But so how... How did it all happen? How did you brought it to life? And, and this entrepreneurial story I love always. So I was writing about it. You know, I was writing about what I was going through. I was talking about it with people and people, you know, this is how it happens, right? People start asking for help. And at yeah. first I was like, you know, give me 60 bucks and I'll talk to you for an hour. Like, I'll give you the basics. But I didn't realize that people needed a system. I thought people just needed the instructions. So I was like, here, this is, you know, here's a list. I'll talk to you for an hour. And here's a, like, yeah. Like go do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it started off like a little funny, but it developed over the past three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And we moved from Prague to New Jersey in March, 2019. Mm-hmm. And when we did that, I spent about two months sort of just getting myself organized. I already had the beginnings of an online business, but it wasn't fully set up yet. I didn't. The book was about 30 or 40% written at the time, but it wasn't finished yet. You know, there's kind of like a lot of pieces that were floating up in the air. And I got I got back I home, home, not really home. I'm from Massachusetts, but I got to New Jersey, back to the U.S. And two months after getting here, after I just had enough time to unpack, set up our apartment, get us cars, insurance, you know, all this stuff set up. I finally finished that. And literally the week that I was about to go start working, I ruptured my Achilles. Oh God. And so I spent four months in bed. Oh my goodness. And so I went to bed one night, just, you know, praying to the ancestors saying, Hey, listen, what do I do with this time? I'm going to be in bed. I can't, I'm not going to be going into the city to do acupuncture treatments. because I can't stand. Yeah. I, you know, like, what am I supposed to do with myself? And I woke up in the morning with the message, like fried the burnout podcast, fried the burnout podcast, you know, fried the burnout podcast. Oh, love it. So I started doing it and I realized as I was doing the podcast that I was gathering more information for the book, information that I didn't know that I was missing and that I needed. Mm. which was really interesting right so I used and I said okay well now that I I did 35 interviews for the podcast uh within I think three and a half weeks because I wasn't doing anything else okay because you were in the bed right I was in bed so I just sat there doing interviews from bed (laughs) yeah that's how I started my podcast and as I was doing it I started writing more I said well now I have this time I can also write 
Yeah. And so during that time, I start the podcast. I finish the book. I did a crowdfunding campaign to get the book published because I self-publish. It's really expensive. So I, I got the book out. People started asking me to do talks. So I started doing talks. And now, you know, now things are just rolling. Like people are, oh, I've been watching you for two years and now I need help. Now, you know, I knew I know I need help now. So that's that's what's happening. But it turned into this like beautiful conglomeration of all the different things that I do. So I have one-on-one coaching clients. Yeah. I have corporate events that I do for, Mm -hmm. you know, for bigger companies. I have the podcast. I still do acupuncture in New York city. And, you know, I, I have books, a book and a book in a little bit, you know, I have 1.2 books. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just, but everything falls under the umbrella of ending burnout culture. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's get rid of this. We don't need this. It's not useful for anything. It's not, I don't, you know, I don't like that everything happens for a reason sort of stuff. Like no one needs to burn out. Yeah. It's not helpful. Yeah. It can't, you can use it as something that's useful. You can use it to change your life. You can use it for, for things that are helpful, but you can get through life without it pretty well, you know, and then like not need it. Please. Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's such a beautiful story. I just had that uh, when you were, uh, when you were talking about it. And of course, somebody is calling. Um, it's just such an amazing story of yours that you turned something that was like so negative and 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 uh, uh, heavy, like a burnout and heavy, yeah. and it turned you around. And then you trusted this thing, intuition, whatever you call, which I would like. I it's just my dream that we are connected to it more. And then you turn it onto something that really helps others and and heal others. And especially, Kate, I'm just thinking throughout this conversation with you, especially the place where you are, which is America, which is just such a hard working culture of, you know, I just would love to change this uh, paradigm of like hard work. It's like, it needs to be a smart work. You know, it doesn't have to be hard work anymore. And and this American culture and especially corporate culture where I came from when I got my burnout yeah it's just it's just killing us you know it's just so unhealthy and this needs to change and we need to talk about burnout and we need to help each other and and just amazing what you're doing it it really is it's just (laughs) I wish I found you this five years ago when I experienced (laughs) my burnout and I was still burnt out then (laughs) (laughs) I would have been no help to you then at all but it's always amazing to to <laughs> hear you saying like physical burnout check mental I don't care what you're doing check <laughs> it was just like it's just amazing yeah. everything single thing you said and it's and I believe that we experience it constantly all the time and we need to talk about it and we need to normalize it and you know what else I love about your story is the fact that you pivoted your career and you know I don't want to I don't know how old are you it doesn't really matter but especially here in America you know this idea of uh, climbing something this uh, you know mountain uh, corporate ladder whatever it's just like when you turn it's like are you really doing it like are you really you know working 15 years here and now you're going to drop it all and do something else and it's just normal to say yes because I needed because that's my healing my journey and and it is actually good I've always been an entrepreneur at heart I've and I've always kind of worked for myself so I I have less of that um 
pressure. And my parents, although I, you know, I grew up in the States and my, I'm third generation American. So we've been here, you know, long enough. My parents, um, did not work for money. Neither of yeah. my parents chose to work for money. Oh. My parents chose time over money, which made me rebel and say, I, I want some cash because this sucks. <laughs> but, but I was taught the value of having free time and having control over your schedule. My parents, my mother worked in the school department so that she could be available to us. My father owned his own business. He was always available to us. I could have called either of my parents at any point during any day and had their attention. And that's a really amazing gift that they gave us growing up so I feel like you know I didn't have as much of that American like get climb the corporate ladder like stick to your career like you know I've always been a little different in that regard thankfully good and also the travels and being around that teaches you too yeah yeah it's and and you know that's something that you know to learn about Polish people. Like when you think about it, we I never seen my parents doing something for passion. Like my dad, whatever right. he would do, he would do it with passion because that's how what kind of person he was. Yeah, you know. But I never saw that, and right. and that's how I started to working. Like I never thought, oh my god, like I want to do it for passion. Like it was always about money, survival, and what what is smart right. to do you know yes exactly but yeah so maybe maybe this anger there that you experience some part of that too <laughs> oh my god I could talk to you for hours but I have two more questions seriously yes. first one is so there's another question I like to ask because we all learn from each other and I always learn so much from uh, anybody I meet uh, but especially when you have your uh, own business, is there something, a gadget, an app, a podcast, except your podcast that we're going to link in, uh, something that inspires you, help you run your business, that you're thinking, oh my God, I can't leave it without, this is like a gigantic inspiration for me. And uh, yeah, is, is there anything that pops up? Is that your Polish husband? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's a recording podcast during pandemic, you know, everything everything <laughs> yeah. rolls. <laughs> Is there something that really inspires me, you know, or helps you run your business? Or like for me, for example, it's like uh, Evernote. Evernote is my second brain. I put there, like I make notes there and I save articles there. I save books there to remember later. And then I go through it and I'm like, oh my God, that was good that I saved it. Like, you know, stuff like that or a podcast that, or, or a book that changed your life. So or many a- books I could give you. Oh like- my God, right? <laughs> um, but for me, I honestly, I use the notes in my iPhone a ton. Uh-huh. Like, like a regular notes or voice notes? I lately, my, one of my guests told me about voice notes and I'm like, this is a game changer. Is it regular yeah. notes? Regular or? notes okay. and I jot things down. So I have ideas for, for podcasts. I have about 150 notes that I haven't gotten to because I just, they just, something pours out and I open a new one and type it at the top and then I forget, and then I open them and think, okay, okay, okay. You know, so I do, <laughs> I do like, use notes a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, those those gadgets, you know, as bad as we say things about technology, there's just so much good like there it. too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so is there anything coming up besides the free hour of coaching that you offer that anybody can access? It's like twice uh, twice a week, I think, right? I will, I will link everything below. But is there anything, any event, the mindfulness event I met you at lately was so interesting. And is there anything that's coming up for you or you want to share and highlight here? 
I think the all the things that I have coming up are private corporate events at the moment, but there's always the podcast is there all the time. You know, there's well, like 90, 90 yeah, hours of of information for people to jump into, to dive into, and uh, so I think that that's kind of the most important resource that I've created that people can just have, which I love. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Kate. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> it was such a good conversation. And thank you so much for all that you are doing with the burnout. I think it's just such an important thing, especially, like I said, here. And, you know, when we are, are chasing this American dream and sometimes we're not thinking It's not about so dreamy. It, right? <laughs> oh my God. Let me turn it off now, if I can. Thank you, thank you, Kate, um, for this conversation. Uh, oh my God, such an important subject, I think, especially in America, where the culture is, um, you know, very much focused on hard work and and you know achieving success, and, and especially in a corporate world, it can be brutal and. It's so important that we talk about uh, openly um, about burnout and how to heal from from it, how to detect it, and um, and have this conversation. So I'm so grateful for um, uh, ability to talk to Kate and all the amazing, amazing work she's doing. Uh, until the next time, love and light.